Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast. Today's guest, the great Dieter Millhorn. How are you doing, Dieter? I'm doing good. I don't like that great in front of my name, but I'm doing good, man. Well, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I get it. I understand, but I'm going to stay with it. So the great Dieter Millhorn, everybody, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be on the on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um so let's get started. I know Lyle had uh, Keith on there over from fishing stuff. That was cool for uh, uh, to see Keith get out there. I, I hope he's going to be on a lot more live streams, uh, and I imagine that's going to happen. But um, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, and I do want to say thank you again to uh, Jeremy at Creole Catfishing for the super chat. And I do want to say thank you to Sogo for the super chat. You guys are awesome, and thank you for supporting the show. I really appreciate it. So, Dieter, let's talk about the very beginnings. Mm-hmm. How did you start fishing? Who got you into fishing? What were your experiences like as a, a young man? Yep. I uh <clears throat> my earliest fishing experience, I was probably six, seven, eight years old, fishing on the bank uh, of Lake Wiley, which is a lake right near me where I fish at. Uh there was a public area to fish there, and our family would go down there and fish. And uh, we went down there at night a lot of times fishing. And I would say my earliest memory is a tragic one. Um, we had a Coleman lantern, one of those old gas ones. You had to pump it up. It had the mantles mm-hmm. in it. And uh, I, yeah, being a stupid kid, leaned over and put my hand on the top of that lantern and, like, burned off the skin Ugh, inside of my get hot. Uh Yeah. And... Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, just, uh, and it's funny that place now at the time, it was nothing but woods, a little sandy beach. Now there's a couple of million dollar houses sitting there. Um, uh, lake's still there. The beach is still there, but it's changed a little bit in the surrounding. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was just, we're blue collar family, mill family. Uh, everybody worked in the mills and, you know, we didn't have no money to have a boat or anything like that. So it was bank fishing and, uh, Going down there and, you know, I would go fishing with my neighbors. Uh, you know, they would uh, go a lot of times in the fall to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, and go surf fishing. And I would go down with them. I got some of them pictures somewhere I need to dig up my little dorky self when I was about 10, 11 years old down there surf fishing. I loved it. I, I, I would be out there, you know, some of the other kids that went would go off and be doing other stuff. And I was still out there chunking them rods out trying to catch something and uh you know i got older uh we had a friend this is when we started having uh, i call them rich friends i'd had a lake on the house uh, a house on the lake and my mom would drop me off down there and i'd fish down there until she dragged me home so you know it was bank fishing bank fishing uh you know up until i don't remember what year but i was into my 20s and uh was out bank fishing there was uh one of the hunt clubs that i hunt in uh was on uh had some property that bordered up to the lake and i would drive down through the road get on there and was out there fishing one day and just like i did when i was a kid i was sitting there and i'd watch a boat go by and i go man i'm gonna get me a boat one day same thing i said when i was a kid you know let me get me a boat one day and all of a sudden it just hit me it was an epiphany It was like you're a grown man you can go buy a boat. <laughs> so literally came home, went boat shopping and got a boat and made the transition into fishing out of a boat. So 
and that's kind of the quick evolution to you know at least getting onto the water versus sitting next to it but i love both i mean you know the bad thing for bank fishing fishermen is they're very limited where they can fish and uh or at least in most places i know they are here our area i live right outside of charlotte north carolina very developed uh i think it's a 14 15 largest city now lake property is at a premium almost everything is developed the old days of having a place where you could just go to and multiple places doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore most of it's fishing around boat ramps uh a couple of bridges you get highway access to and there's two or three public fishing piers on there and that's it so uh i feel the struggle of anybody that bank fishes some areas are better you know uh, tennessee river has you know a lot of access out there uh there's a lot of boat ramps anyway that you can get to and have some access uh kind of the same thing on the savannah river but it seems like any of these lakes that are owned by utility companies and aren't tied to Corps of engineers it's a lot more limiting so Mm-hmm. It's tough, and it, it was a big change making that transition to fishing off a boat, and that was a real game changer in finding fish and fishing. It, it there, there is a, a big, huge difference. I've, I've had boats in my youth, but I, that was pretty much just to impress the girls or drive the family around. I was pretty much a taxi driver over on, uh, uh, and here's a, you know, um, uh, Quentin from Mid-South Outdoors, I think it's Catfish Karma now, he literally grew yeah. up like six houses away from where my parents had a summer shack. We called it a cottage, but it was pretty much a shack yeah. on like the narrowest, hardest to get to part of that Tippecanoe River. But yeah. anyway, that, that that was my experience with boats on it early on. And then I got tired of the bank fishing here and the limited access and yeah. the pressured access. I bought a boat and that was an awakening. Mm-hmm. It is. It, and, you know, again, like I said, I, I feel for the people bank fishing because you got, you know, people that you know want to get out and fish and it's tough to find a place it's why i have a lot of forgiveness uh, and this is a controversial subject you asked me beforehand what was off limits and there ain't nothing off limits with Dieter melhorn and that is pay lakes uh, you know there's there's two different man there's probably more than two there's multiple pay lakes um i have no problem with a pay lake per se because it gives people a place to go fish it's accessible they can get there. They don't get run off. Uh, a lot of them can get access to it very easily from their vehicle if they have limitations physically. Uh, and, you know, I, those things are good. You know, obviously the bad side is, is when you start commercializing a public resource like catfish and turning it into basically, you know, using that to stock your private lake. That's where I, my problem comes in. But that's a whole different direction we can go in if you have time. We, 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 as much time as you want to give me, Dieter, we're here. But I, I, I totally get it. And the way they treat the fish, even once they have it, is, is ridiculous. And and the whole cost. I'd rather see somebody. Well, and and I'm going to get some some probably some grief for this, but you know, I'd rather see someone commercially sell that fish for for food rather than exploit it like that. And I have enough problems with the commercial fishing industry myself, but and let's not let, yeah, I agree. Let's, let's not get into that topic. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast right there. (laughs) That would be something cool to have a panel of some pros and, and, and against, you know, uh, but that again, we'll go. So 
All right, so how did that convert into uh, your YouTube channel? Well, I would fish like most people that go fishing, uh, or I should say a large percentage of them. We like to brag. You, you, you can candy coat it all you want to with, oh, I just wanted to document it. I want to have some memories. Fishermen like to brag. Fishermen catch a fish. They want to take a picture. It used to be you'd catch a fish. <clears throat> you throw it in a cooler and then run mm -hmm. it around to your buddy's house and show it all to him dead. Uh, with, uh, you know, the advent of digital photography, it became a lot easier. You could take pictures, especially with your cell phone, and you could put them up on, you know, the catfish forums back then, like Catfish One. That was the mm -hmm. big popular one. There were different ones, different little groups. There were these websites. I'm trying, I'm speaking to people that may be 20 years old that have no clue what I'm talking about. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I started, and then I would take a GoPro and go video uh, some of it. The little, I mean, original GoPro. And I would throw together a two-minute little clip of what's going on. And I had these videos, you know, I'd do one every six or eight months. Would put them on YouTube, not with the intent of creating a channel or building a channel it was basically a play a shelf to put them on is what it was and it was you know originally i didn't have the vision i didn't i didn't get it i don't think a lot of people did but you know that was just a free place to put something so that somebody else could look at it and that's what it was for me for i don't know seven years or so probably like a lot of people uh Probably the majority of YouTube people that have a subscription do the exact same thing. You put up your kid's video, no intent for anybody to really see it. And this went on for a while. And finally, it was about four years ago, we got rid of cable TV and satellite TV. Because we just, you know, ideas. You get on there and you're flipping through 1,296 channels and there ain't nothing on there you want to watch. And... We just said, ah, we'll get rid of it. We don't watch it that much anymore. It's usually streaming something. And started streaming YouTube. And again, naive me. Don't get it. Don't have a clue as to what's going on. You know, I start watching. I, I, I see, you know, I knew Steve Douglas put up some YouTube videos. But you know, I said, oh, there's Steve. I fished tournaments against him before. He's got a YouTube channel. It's like, oh, he's got like a little music on there, and it's, it looks all fancy, you know, looking like TV. I said, ah, that's kind of cool. I could, you know, and I look at some other ones like, oh, there's some other good stuff. Who's this guy, this this Black Tip H guy with all this this fancy saltwater fishing and, and stuff put together? And you're like, oh, there could be something more to this. So I said, you know what? I did a little research into it, started looking into it, and I was like, holy crap, there's people making a living doing this, and... I said, I'm going to try this. Talk to my wife about it. And we gave it two years. I said, let's try it for two years. Throw one out a week. One every couple weeks. I didn't have any clue about consistency or anything at that time. Started doing it. Started getting some traction. Started getting some people watching. And uh, just kind of built on it from there. That's kind of how it started and how I got into it and got the ball rolling with it. Very cool story. And and who is the person? You mind if I ask who the person was that uh you were fishing with that actually had that video? I think uh, a lot of people would recognize the name. I think I saw you post that earlier on the other chat. Which video is that now? You know, the, the person that was filming the first time you decided to do that, was that JR? 
No, that was Keith. That was that was on on Keith's. Life. I that think was, Keith was talking about his buddy that oh, was with him, and I think that was Jr. And you, were, and you called him out saying it was Jr. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I actually we, had Jr. on the boat with me a couple of years ago. He's in uh, some videos. He was down at the beach, the Carolina coast, the same time we were. Uh, my family was, and he actually jumped on the boat with me, and we went and actually did some trout fishing and caught some black drum and stuff down there. So we have fished together on a boat that's good because you know he likes giving people like you the business oh, yeah. amongst other people and stuff oh, yeah. which is all part of it i mean yeah. and, and if anybody can take take it i i, I know it's you i've seen you uh handle oh, yeah. worse than that so uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen listen i live rent free in a couple of people's heads and the Mason's part is there's a lot of space in that in, in there for me to kick back and relax. There you I go. It, <laughs> That's fantastic. I like I like the way you think. I need to <laughs> to adapt that to mine because I know I'm in a couple of people's heads too. Says you know the the one thumbs down I already got. Now I'm gonna get like 15 oh, yeah. of them, but that's oh, okay. Yeah. I don't matter to me. Listen, you you know your channel's growing. You're building it, and it's like somebody told me early on. You've heard me say it before. You ain't made it on YouTube or social media until you got haters. Because in the beginning, it's all your buddies, your friends, yep. your family, your mom, grandma's watching, cousin Eddie. It's when you start reaching beyond that group and get some other people out there. They're going to hate you because you're successful. They're going to hate you because you're doing something they wished they could do. And that's when you know. You're making it. So, you know, when the- I got my first, very first thumbs down a long time ago, I messaged Spencer Bauer, who would answer any question I gave him. And I told him, he says he's still laughing to this day about that. He just thought that was kind of fun. So I told him, I'd, Spencer, I made it. I got my first thumbs down. It was pretty cool. Here's the interesting thing uh, I had a lot of conversations with YouTube about my comments being turned off on my channel, uh, something mm-hmm. that they did. And we had a lot of, these little chat dialogues and we were talking about that and the comments and they told me that, you know, I said, well, Hey, I don't have comments that, you know, you've turned them off. That's going to And they were like, comments have no effect on your algorithm. The thumbs up and thumbs down do not affect anything with the ranking and the suggestion of your video. Uh, years ago, it played a part, but all mm-hmm. of that stuff can be gamed. Uh, basically you can convince people to do it. You know, if I get a, thousand thumbs up i'm going to give away a t-shirt or you yeah. know all of that stuff can be rigged and that's why they kind of did away with it they leave it yeah. up there it gives people a way to interact and and feel like they're you know you know giving you the finger or slapping you on the back and they leave it up there for that reason but it actually has no effect on your channel whatsoever it's just yeah. people's little way to let out their frustration or their love for you well, isn't that the way that things go when people really kind of mess up a good thing? Back when thumbs up and comments meant something, yep. it's good to build that community with your viewers and stuff. And and I still love getting comments and, and thumbs up or thumbs down. It is what it is. I appreciate it. But I absolutely agree. I don't think it matters that much anyway. So. Yeah, it doesn't you, affect anything. And okay. you're right about ruining a good thing. And that's what ends up happening. happening. That's why the comments were shut down on so many channels is because you got weirdos out there. And, uh, you know, the thing is with my channel, if you want to send me a message or contact me, there's a way to do it. And I tell it in every video, there's a link to my website in every one of my 600 and some videos. All you got to do is take the time and effort to go do that. You can send me an email. You can call me. You can send me a text message. 
what people want, most of the, the ones that just want to do something bad, flip you off, basically yeah. a, a drive-by comment, they want something with no accountability to them. They just want to mm-hmm. be able to say and do it under whatever pseudonym they've got on there and then move on. I call it, you know, it's, just, it's a drive-by comment. Yep. If they have to put any effort into it, nope. it'll never happen. It's never that happen. instant access that trolls love. Yep, they, exactly. they really do. And if you don't like somebody's content or whatever I'm doing or whatever, just just don't watch that. That does yeah. me more damage than anything, and I can I can concentrate on the people that are watching. That's the way Absolutely. I've kind of went yeah. to it. So, all right. So we went over your YouTube, and, and how is your YouTube career doing these days? It's literally I could it could be a full time job. Uh, now it's a half time job along with two other half time jobs, which. <laughs> If you do some good North Carolina gas and county math, that's like uh one and a half full time jobs. It's uh it's crazy right now. There's there's a lot going on. Uh, a lot of people that have followed me know that I, you know I do work in the video production world. Last year that was shut down because of COVID. Uh, we didn't do anything zero work whatsoever from March until I think it was the end of July, first of August, and it. Well, that was like crazy. You don't, you know, at the time, you know how it was then. Our perspective is different now, but you're at the time. When's this ever going to end? Is this ever going to change? Is it ever going back to normal? So I doubled down on YouTube and on the guide business, which I had done a little bit of, but, you know, I kind of put the word out there. So I started doing guide trips, started doing YouTube, was doing three videos a week then because uh, I had the time to do it. Uh, I can't do that now. I'm keeping it at two and... I'm scratching and clawing to keep up with that, but the YouTube channel is going great. Uh, I'm creating what I think is good, entertaining content, informative content. Uh, some of it funny and goofy and stupid, like putting my finger in a catfish's vent. We were going to get to that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that one. Uh, but it's also even something like that is educational. It's teaching somebody something about catfish. And that's the biggest thing I get from people who reach out to me is they want to learn the people on my guide trips have been a ton of information because they ask questions that they may feel silly asking, you know, in, in a message somewhere or publicly, but they mm-hmm. ask questions and I sit there and go, I need to do a video on that. Because if you're asking that question, there's a hundred thousand other people out there that want to know that same thing about what do you mean by J hook and circle hook, or why can't you just tie a regular knot around that fishing line or what? exactly is the difference between monofilament and braid you know simple little stuff like that or what's a carolina rig you know it's stuff that we take for granted as fishermen uh even casual fishermen that you think people that are new to it are going to know and so it's been a good education and all that getting all that going on so the long answer to your question uh is is things are kind of crazy i'm trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be i know it's like everything else in the world. It's gonna, it's kind of going crazy. It's gonna relax some. It's gonna, we'll get back to normal at some point. But I've been blessed with the ride so far, so I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. And, and I and I sure everybody in chat appreciates you taking us on that ride. It's that's another thing that's cool about YouTube. You get to you get to share in someone's adventures. So not so much everybody puts out their life story in there and stuff, but there's always part yeah. of it that's reflected in their passion for fishing. So which is yeah. why I always start my show with where your humble beginnings are. So yeah. all right, since you mentioned it, sticking your finger in a catfish's butt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was Amazing surprised visit. to see the size of the, the the clams that came out of there or the mussels. Those are those were actually on the small side. We have some that are that big coming out of these fish, and uh, it actually happened. There was a trip. I don't think that video's out yet. I was out fishing with my son, and we had picked up a mature blue, twenty uh, some pounds. Got it into the boat, and it started crapping out that gray stuff. That that mm -hmm. that light gray stuff, which is a sign that they're eating mussels. That's what the okay. stuff looks like. And I told him, I said, next trip, I said we're gonna have to show people because I always get that comment when you see that big thing sticking out of a the the vent on yeah. a catfish, and that's what the hole on a catfish is called, by the way. It's not technically a butt, but it's the, a vent, right? It's a multi-purpose opening. Is uh, what is it called? Are you, are you a vent. V e n t. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. right. And, you know, I told him, I said, we need to show people what that is. I've been, and I hear all the time, it's like, oh, you brought that fish up from too deep water. And I said, no. I said, that's the air bladder you're talking about. That comes out of its mouth. I said, this is something you see happening this time of the year and into the summertime when these fish start, you know, eating. My, the first thing that clued me into it, I picked one up one time like that. You know, it's getting a picture moving around. And it was just like, doom, 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 doom. The muscles just come flying out of the thing. Really? Know, all the shells. And I said, what the heck? You know, I, I knew what the heck it was. Because, you know, I, early on, the, the reason I knew all this, because I, I'd seen that early on, didn't know what it was. And, it, you know, I was like, maybe you need to push that back in there or something wrong with the fish. But I had some biologists, biologists explain what the heck's going on with it. So, uh, so yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it is it is it clickbait? Uh it is yes, it is something that entices you to watch a video. Uh is it is it something that's not rewarded with a something that's there? Absolutely not. You getting I told you I was gonna do it in the title uh -huh. and by Granny's I did it and it's yeah. in the video and Well, you know, I actually learned something because we don't have the the, the bingo. The mussels and the, the clams like that here, yeah. we have them, but they're, they're, I guarantee you, unless they're a flathead, they get, they're, they're huge. They're literally like six yeah. to eight inches across. So speaking oh, of yeah, that, those big ones. Yeah. New school fishing in a house. He says, I'm pretty sure it's called a butthole. I couldn't let that yeah, one yeah. slide. Welcome, to the, welcome to the party, new school. Glad to see you <laughs> in here. <laughs> very cool so yeah i saw that this morning pop up on my notifications i'm like okay i gotta see this which i imagine yeah. a lot of people did so yeah and it's yeah again if it's an opportunity to you know to make something kind of funny entertaining and educate some people that's awesome you know it's 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 getting because i've said from the beginning when you have educated anglers they are going to be better stewards of the resource in the end and when you've got people that understand why things are the way they are they're, they're just going to be more receptive to you know protecting our resource and that's kind of my one of my big picture goals in there that you know you have to attack a little bit at a time mm -hmm. and you had mentioned something in the video which is why you think that catfish love chicken because they resemble that food source yeah i think it has and i've had some people reach out to me that were into chemistry and biology and got into some long-winded explanations of it and i'm going to get somebody on camera that can explain it scientifically but it has to do with some of the basic things that are in each of them in the mussels and in the chicken and you know we kind of we kind of take our like with a lot of things with animals 
we take our human like perception of something and we try to apply it to a fish and you know people all the time try to make something as stinky and as smelly as it can be because they think that you know if something stinks really bad there's a dead deer across the road I, well i can smell it over here then you know the bigger and the stinkier it is it means it's got to be easier to find when the way things work with catfish that whole smell thing is something totally different so the point is is that what they are sensing isn't necessarily a smell because listen I, I i used to joke about this i said catfish you know people use chicken livers forever probably the one of the oldest yep. catfish baits there is but you know, down through history, we've never seen chickens waddle up to the edge of the water and expel the, their expel their liver into the lake or river. It's not natural. It's not a normal bait. But there's fundamental components in you know pretty much any protein mm -hmm. that these fish are drawn to, and that's the amino, amino, right? Yeah, the amino acids and. I think there's, you know, I don't know exactly how to prove it outside of getting somebody with a spectrometer and breaking this stuff down and looking at it. But there seems to be some common ground there in those scents and some of that basic stuff. And coincidentally, it seems like they seem to feed on it in those areas heavier than others. Now, I will say this, we've caught some big flatheads on it, but the percentage of flatheads isn't as high as it is with the blues and the channel cats. Uh, so, you know, the bad thing is I don't catch a ton, ton of flatheads. And mm -hmm. so you don't have the numbers to make the comparisons. But, uh, you know, people are brought up, well, you catch smaller fish on it. Well, you know, sort of. Sort of. The I did some, uh, when I tracked all this stuff, because I'm Dr. Catfish, when it comes to tracking stuff, because I don't like the, well, I tried chicken one time and it didn't work. So I didn't use it again. Well, I've had days where it didn't work either, but over a long period of time, I just got some new numbers in there in the house on it. I think 110 catfish, 71% of them came on chicken. That was on the strawberry chicken, that strawberry jello stuff. Since then, I'm starting to do it plain. I personally don't think the, Jello makes a difference. We'll get to that in a second. But also track the weight. The weight's equal, equally split. So there's not a big, significant difference. Uh, some of the people in chat may have been on guide trips with me. And they will know how many times I looked at them and go, which rod did that come on? And, you know, these are 20, 30, 40. We've had, I think we had one at 51 pounds. Or two of them in the 50s that came on the chicken. So, you know... Is, is is that 80, 90 pound fish? No, but we don't have those kind of fish in this water either. Mm -hmm. So when you start catching 30, 40, 50 pound fish on it, they're in the upper echelon of what the fish are in the waterways that I fish. Listen, if things had not got so busy, my plan was to find some people that poo-pooed the idea on the Mississippi or the Missouri River or, you know, gunners for wherever and go fish on the boat with them and try it side by side. Cause I don't know that it works everywhere as good. Uh, I, I get a lot of feedback from people daily that it does work good, but there may be areas where, you know, that they don't have a lot of muscles or, you know, mollusk in the water there. 
the fish aren't attracted to it as much. I don't know. Uh, that's why I'd love to go try it in some places legitimately for a few days of fishing, not just a one-off deal, and see how it compares and see if there is a difference in some places. Cool. Yeah, that that, that was kind of my initial question. I'm, I'm, I'm an analyst by trade, so I kind of yeah. look at that. It's got to yeah. be over a certain amount of time, but it is interesting, this stuff. And I, I, I don't doubt that you'd you don't keep all of those records. So that that's kind of cool to know. Um, maybe I'll have to try chicken. I don't know. I don't fish with chicken, not cause I poo poo chicken. I have my own reasons, but it's more of a, it's more of a Hemingway reason. I kind of like the experience of the whole right. start to finish thing. So Nothing I'm wrong sure with that. it's, I, I try to explain that to a lot of people, but, uh, and the reason you, I did it was because not everybody and I'm, I'm working on a video now that's kind of along the same lines is not everybody has time to go out and catch bait or a place to catch bait. Uh, you know, there's so many people that just want to take their kid fishing. You know, kids watch one of, you know, Luke Nichols videos. He wants to go catch a video, uh, catch a catfish. And dad's like, well, I don't know where to, you know, I, I don't know what to go. You know, it's a, it's a simple, easy bait somebody can use. And, you mm -hmm. know, We'll save the argument for biggest fish and all that stuff some other time. This is for people that just want to catch fish. And that's what I realized with doing the YouTube channel was, you know, I I, I don't have tournament fishing watching my channel except to make fun of me. Uh, they're not watching my stuff to learn anything. They don't watch anybody's stuff to learn anything because most of them feel they know pretty much everything anyway. The people who watch my channel are people that want to learn, want to expand, want to become better anglers. And, you know, that's that's who this stuff is targeted for. So, you know, that's that's why I initially started doing it. Hey, everyone. Sorry about the interruption, but I need a few seconds of your time. As individual content creators, we can use all the support we can get. Your support is used for better equipment, a further reach, and everything else needed to create this podcast. Your support makes for a better audio experience, helps to grow the show, and get more guests. If you like the podcast, become a supporter today by using the link in the description. Thanks for your time and support. Now back to the show. You need to do a worm video dragging worms off the back of your boat. That'd be interesting to see. Uh, I actually got a tub of worms, uh, a few, I, and, and we shot some bluegill fishing videos and had planned to do that. And then the worms ended up getting used to catch bait. So. Yeah, pretty much to catch bait. Yeah. Always. <laughs> it looks like, uh, uh, for people listening at home, uh, catfish Dave was in the chat. It looks like he's getting timed out by some of my moderators. So I'll have to go back and read that chat, but that's always fun to see the drama in the chat room. So it happens oh. once in a while here, Dieter, I kind of get drama a kick out of it. It's a guilty pleasure room. of mine. <laughs> I miss it. I was paying too much attention that, that what was going on, but. There we go. Rent for, oh, there we go. <laughs> That's perfect. I need to get a sign for the show. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> somebody, uh, hopefully somebody gets screenshotted at. <laughs> Wait, move over a little bit and we'll get it right. <laughs> I got there, we go. there we go, the opposite way. <laughs> perfect. There you go. I'm, I'm happy that you're wearing my hat if somebody screenshots that too. There we go. We get some publicity going on. Absolutely. <laughs> Trying to be a YouTuber at heart, so. Uh, yeah. 
Someone's saying you need to switch to bacon. I used to use bacon a long time ago when I used to fish. I used to use, when I started fishing, I used to use hot dogs and they all caught me fish. So I can't complain about any of this. And of course the, that chicken liver, uh, Luke Nichols got a huge channel. Everybody knows, uh, uh, catfish and carp. Um, he, he even showed how to toughen chicken livers. I went through and did all of that stuff. So cool. Hey, listen, um, I, Dieter didn't invent strawberry chicken. Okay. I seen it on Luke's channel. I seen it on other channels. That ain't nothing new. It, it, and honestly, it started. Some people who follow the channel know this story. It started as a joke for me to poo poo the idea of using chicken because ain't no catfish going to eat chicken. That's just, you know, that's just gimmicky. I would, ne- I would never say that, Dieter. Yeah. And <laughs> I went out and I took one of my uh, son's friends fishing. We smoked the fish on chicken that day. We had we had shad right beside it, and I was like, "Ah, eh, we just came through a good area, whatever." It was smaller pieces. They were only hitting small pieces that day, but these were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen pound fish. And uh, I tried it alone some more and caught fish, but I'd never take it on a guide trip because no self respecting guide would would put chicken on a boat. You got to go out and you got to throw the cast net and got to get up early and or go out late and you got to or you got to go catch a bunch of perch and uh and then yeah one day I had a guide trip and it was hideous fishing. I mean it was hideous. And uh did a little swap out, put some chicken on, boom, it night and day started catching fish. So some of that was timing probably. That was late summer. Uh, that probably played a part in it. But, you know, that kind of convinced me the stuff works. Uh, you know, some people have asked me, would I fish a tournament with it? Yes, I would. Would I fish it exclusively with it? No, I won't. And I still don't do that now when I go out with it. Um, I always fish it side by side with cut bait, uh, whether I'm using perch or whether I'm using uh, a gizzard shad or whatever, I always fish it side by side. I don't sit there and go, oh, this is the only thing that's you know going to catch fish. Uh, but a higher percentage of fish have come on it, and some big fish have come on it. So, so yeah, I would use it in a tournament. And, yeah, so uh, that was going to be one of my questions. Where, yep. uh, how did you get started using chicken? Actually, Stan from Two Stands Fishing uh, asked me that in the live chat the other day. He's like, so how did – how did Dieter get started using chicken? I said, you know what? I'll ask him. So consider yeah. this as Stan. And listen, Dieter's a wind up toy. And once you get me talking, I'll just tell everything. So yeah, that's how it, it got into it. And you know, it, uh, I'll continue. The thing now is I'm just using it without the jello on it. I don't think the jello plays that big a part. One of two of the chemists that I talked to, one of them got really into the, Jello, the gelatin is made up from collagen, broken down pig parts, blah, 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 which has a high concentration of the same amino acids in them. Their thesis is, is that it helps bond some of those amino acids to this, that, and the other. But I don't know that it makes that big of a difference. Uh, you know, I think some people get, you know, they go, oh, it looks like blood. And, you know, I've always said, so... I said, first catfish can't see uh, in most places where they attack your bait. Second, blood doesn't really come into the equation when it comes to catfish and what they would normally eat. Uh, You know, the only thing that you could make, you know, an argument for blood playing a part, real blood, is that it's in liquid form and Mm -hmm. broken down parts of, you know, those same amino acids. And that's why some of the 
blood baits work so good where people actually use the separated blood from different animals to you know fish with uh but as far as color and thinking it's blood and all that i mean this isn't like out in the ocean where you got you know sharks and everything else biting and toothy critters you know these animals engulf bait uh, that's what a lot of people don't realize they don't chew on it they engulf it the only thing they'll let go of a bait for is to spin it around to get it head first to go down uh that's their only reason to let go of something so i think the plain chicken is going to produce just as many fish that is my thinking on it and we'll see i've got four trips tracked with it already cool and you, you had mentioned sharks so uh i wanted to ask you a little bit about uh um your saltwater fishing and and, yep. and how much of that you've been doing i know you do some of it and uh, are you guided on saltwater as well i've done a couple of trips and it's uh -huh. only because i'm down there i don't actually because i'm four hours from the coast uh okay. when some people found out that i was going down uh, you know, they hit me up and said, Hey, you know, and, I, and listen, I'm straight up honest. I'm just a redneck fisherman when it comes to saltwater. I'm not going down there to catch, you know, dolphin and tuna and jig for flounder. I'm going to catch something. And fishing for sharks is very similar to fishing for catfish. It does not take a, a whole lot of specialized tackle or techniques or a big, massive boat. Uh, you just basically work your way up the food chain uh with with bait and you know if you're looking for bigger fish just like you do with catfish uh you chunk out the bait the size of your leg and you eliminate all the little ones and yes people have asked have i tried chicken down there i have not tried chicken yet down there uh, uh, uh fishing for sharks i'm going in a few weeks to florida that may be on the agenda to try that out, but no, the shark fishing's fun because you, when you put those baits out, you never know what's going to hit. Uh, it may be a three foot sharp nose. It may be an eight foot tiger shark and it's fun. It's fun. There's, there's nothing. You don't know how strong a fish is when you've been fishing freshwater until you hook into a saltwater fish of the same weight because they are a totally different animal uh totally different power and a real tackle test it's a different kind of fight i i know just i fished it landlocked salmon and mm -hmm. and that it's it's night and day between that yep. and even like the biggest freshwater fish i've yep. i've hooked into so it, it, it's a cool thing and, and one of my dream fish is uh, a giant trevally so one of these days i hope mm -hmm. to get out and do some of that yep. and some shark fishing so yep. i didn't realize you were four hours away i thought you you were you were closer and, and did a little more fishing than that or do you travel yep. that much well, we go down there. We've got a camper down at one of the beaches, and we'll go down there and stay for a week. So we do that a few times a year. So uh, when I'm there, there's a good concentration of it going on. I'd hope to do more this year, but it just got, you know, busy with stuff. The uh, I enjoy doing it. It's fun. The thing with saltwater, you're at the mercy of the weather uh, as far as getting mm -hmm. outside the jetties into the ocean. So if the weather's bad, you're stuck inside the jetties, uh, you know, or up in the bays and stuff. Uh, the, you know, the thing is with the saltwater stuff, it doesn't do good on my channel. It's, it's stuff that I put up because mm -hmm. I want to do it and I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, but because of, you know, probably 90% of my people are like me, they're not living on the coast they're living inland somewhere. So shark fishing doesn't really peel. The funny thing is, uh, I have licensed footage from those fishing trips Two different times, uh, last year and year before last, two shows that were doing stuff for Shark Week for Discovery Channel, two different production oh, companies cool. that were, yeah, they needed shots of like, 
you know, some of these smaller sharks and sharks, they wanted sharks that were being released and not killed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was kind of interesting. Out of all the stuff I've got out there, uh, it comes down to shark fishing that, you know, actually got found. licensed, right? <laughs> yeah. That is what people have actually found up wide to use. So, but that's fun. pretty interesting. Uh, Tirador Arco, uh, that's Al down in New Mexico. He's asking, have you ever caught the same fish twice or thought you caught the same fish twice? Our yeah, that's territorial. a good, it's a good question. What started us tagging those things about seven or eight years ago with, uh, fish tagger tags and, uh, we started catching some, uh, there was a group of us here. We had a catfish organization here in this area and we bought tags with tag them. It was put on fishtagger.com and we had, uh, there's probably six or seven that were recalled. Uh, probably the most, uh, several of them were in the same area, uh, within a half mile of each other, a quarter mile, mm -hmm. very narrow area. One that was very interesting was we had a tournament. And it was on the lower end of the lake. Uh, this is probably 16 miles from where the fish was caught. And Jeff Manning, uh, he had caught it and brought it to the weigh-in. I tagged it. We put it back in down there. So it's 18 miles away. 11 months later, I catch it back up the river. Saw the tag, looked it up. I called him. I said, hey, where'd you catch that fish at? He told me roughly we were within a quarter mile of each other of where that fish so that fish swam about three miles down a creek arm made a left turn and went back up the river to that area where it was caught at so um you know I used to think man that's just crazy but you look at a lot of animals in the wild you look at honeybees how they're able to find their way mm -hmm. back to that same hive and they'll go miles and miles you look at the, uh, I had a guy on the boat as a guide trip. You get to meet cool people and they did pigeon racing and they will, yeah, take those are pretty pigeons. cool. Yeah. They will take these pigeons hundreds of miles <laughs> all the <laughs> way down to Georgia and turn them loose and they'll fly back to their place in New York yep. or wherever. So animals have that ability. So, you know, is there something there that catfish liked, uh, that kind of clicked in its head and it said, I want to stay here. Who knows? There's been tracking studies done on did one on Lake Norman up here by a uh, research student with uh, radio telemetry, and they tracked mm -hmm. them. And some fish made this big run in the springtime, whether it was following bait, spawning, whatever. And there were some fish stayed within a half mile of where they were tagged at. So they will move. Uh, I guess it's not technically a migration. It's a movement, which I guess scientifically somebody has told me there's a difference in that. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they will move, but there's a lot of them, uh, that seem to stay in the same areas or at least very close to it. I, I, I believe that to be true. I also believe that some do travel. I mean, I, until somebody gets a, enough data to compile a good, at least of a thousand cases or so, um, yeah. no one's really going to know. I, I've caught the same flathead within a half hour. Wow. I, I didn't cool. realize it until I waited. I'm like, wait a minute. This because it's the same scale. It weighed like within ounces of each other because of the yeah. swing and the little difference. Yeah. The other quarter of my mouth was a hole compared to picture to the other one and the marks matched. I was, man, they forget really quick. It was within a half hour. So I give them 15 minutes and they've forgotten <laughs> already. 
So either Plus that or that flathead, hungry, so. either that or that flathead is just was one of the mean ones. Yeah. You know, some are meaner than others. Hell speaking yeah. of yeah. speaking of flatheads, I was watching a live stream with you and Grayson, and 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 man, he's growing up. Seeing him today oh, on that yeah. video, yeah. he's grow, he's growing like a weed. Good for you. You're you must be feeding him good. Mom's taking good care of him. So yeah, we're gonna make sure he doesn't turn out like daddy here. We to, <laughs> well, I wish him all the I wish him and your family all the success <laughs> in the world. So, um. Uh, you guys were fishing and you guys were dragging baits on a live. And I remember you guys were catching crappie and then he hooked into that big flathead. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how big it was. It was his PB at the moment, but has that changed? Yeah, yeah I think uh, if it was the one on the live, which that video mm-hmm. did good for some reason, usually live streams don't do real good. That one did good for some reason. It seems like that one was 28, 30 pounds. And I think he's up to 36 pounds now. I think he caught one the next summer. Mm-hmm. uh that was bigger and uh he caught a good one the other day uh that'll be in a video here coming out i think in a couple weeks and uh you know it's 33 pounds and you know uh, i said congratulations son you're at the point now where a great fish isn't your personal best anymore i said so that shows you've been fishing for a while uh when it gets because you know that's a great fish that's a big fish that's a good fish anywhere you know a limit of those in any tournament and you'll be doing good but yeah he's uh He's done good. He's been, you know, he's he's blessed that he can sit here and ask me how fishing went on a guide trip when I come in. And if I go, man, they're on fire, he's like, let's go fishing tomorrow. And if I come in and go, man, it was tough today, he's like, oh, okay. Well, let me know how the next trip goes. <laughs> the I think I'll play up. Call of Duty, right? <laughs> yeah, he can, he, can, he can pick and choose when he gets to go. But he's doing, uh, it's interesting what sticks with kids. And for anybody out there that takes kids fishing and, and, you know, maybe your grandkids, your neighbor kids or whatever. And man, you, you think them little rugrats ain't listening to you and you're sitting there telling them something and, you know, they're just kind of staring off in the space and you don't know if they're listening, but man, them little suckers will come back two years later. And, you know, I've seen it with Grayson telling, we'll have one of his friends on the boat or we'll have my older daughter, his older sister on the boat. And, He'll be playing guide. He'll be, you know, you got, you know, lift that rod. Don't let that tip, you know, bend. You know, you got to reel down. Don't put them. You know, he's like, dang, you did listen. That's kind of cool. But for people out there that's taking kids, you know, that's the thing, man. You got a chance to uh, have an impact on them and, you know, put something into them that, you know, will be with them for life. And it's something good. It's something positive. So there you go. Keith has a question. He says, Yeah, I know. Keith's asking the same question I asked him during the thing. How much time do you spend on a thumbnail? (laughs) About 30 seconds, dude. I just, here's my thumbnail. I'll get one for this video. It'd be like, you know, just get me a selfie here. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Now, Keith and I, because Keith and I live near each other, actually. I know you, uh, we were talking earlier and yeah, I got a question about that whole side yeah. of the country is, is yeah. I know there's good fish in the water, but what's in the water that makes all you guys want to have YouTube channels over there. Here's what I honestly think is. I think a lot of people seen my stupid butt get out here and make a channel and they go, well, if that idiot can create a YouTube channel, I know that I can. That's what Keith did. Keith said, I'm smarter <laughs> than that bag of rocks. And, uh, but we got Keith, Keith's got a channel. Um, uh, Got Jeff Manning, Team Reeling the Blues. He's got he's one that's, uh, yep, he's cranking out some interesting stuff working on a boat. We've actually got somebody here in town with a silver play button, believe it or not, that owns a, has nothing to do with fishing. Uh, he owns a barbecue restaurant and he does nothing but shoot like guns. And he's actually got a silver play button. Uh, so, 
So yeah, there's some people around that are, you know, like I said, I think they just looked at me and said, you're an idiot. So anybody can do it. So, but we're lucky that we got, uh, the biggest thing is just having waterways nearby. I think that's the thing that makes it easy for me to do what I do. I'm 12 minutes from a boat ramp and I'm blessed that I'm 12 minutes from a lake that has, you know, decent catfish in it. I can catch, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 pound fish out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody can do that. And that really hit home with me when I would, I had a lot of people from Eastern Kentucky that would come down here and fish with me or Western Virginia. And I'm like, you know, man, ain't there something up there or something? They're like, no, we don't have any good, good catfish waters. There's catfish waters around, but as far as, you know, maybe rivers that you have to run miles on to figure stuff out. So we're blessed that we are 12 minutes from the lake and we've got three above it and lakes all the way down to Santee Cooper, which is only three hours away that we can fish. So I think that has helped, you know, you got a lot of people that are into fishing, uh, even though like Keith's channel, he doesn't do fishing videos. He does fishing related videos, but he, you know, grew up fishing. So he has a background in it and knows it and knows what people need. And, uh, on top of that, he's, you know, he's like Jeff Manning. They're, they're, master craftsmen with their hands on making stuff you know that's yes, the cool thing yeah, about both of them they can you know build all kinds of crap so uh they're usually ones i call up when i have a problem with something you can ask jeff and ask hey uh can i do this <laughs> can i do that uh they're good at doing that stuff so you take that with a little bit of location and a little bit of drive and yeah people put i said jeff manning talking about playing golf and i always say those who can't fish play golf so that really confused the heck out of me here's what jeff hadn't told you jeff is like a super bowler and uh oh yeah he he was known on the old catfish one as bowler man that's what his (laughs) original name was and we are talking a guy that throws multiple 300 games and uh you know, I, it's kind of what I joked with him about. He got into fishing, did real good in fishing and, you know, doing good in tournaments. And, you know, I, I said, dang, I said, you're going to go play golf and be shooting a 68 every week. And I said, you'll probably have a YouTube channel with half a million subscribers. It's like everything he touches turns to gold. But, uh, yeah, he's been playing golf some. So who knows what he's going to get into. He make it real good at that. I also saw him fill up his bait tank. And, and, you know, that boat rebuild video that he's doing, I'm kind of following away with that, wishing that I knew how to weld. That's the only thing yeah. he does is yeah. give me some self-loathing complex when I watch that stuff. So Yeah, and but, you know, that's what I told him and Keith and I have talked about, too. A lot of times, you know, I'll watch Keith's videos and – the thing about Keith's videos and, and Jeff's too is not so much that I'm going to go do that, but you know, you know, like Keith, that's what he is. He tells a great story, and uh, that's more important than anything when it comes to YouTube. You either got to answer somebody's question on how to something very specific, and that video needs to be three minutes long. How to check a capacitor on whatever people want to know how to do that. I don't give a crap about any of the pomp and circumstance and build up. Or you need something that's entertaining and a story. And that's what Keith does with his, you know, is, is that you've got something that you're going to start with, a pile of junk, and at the end of it, you're going to have a rod holder bucket that carries all your tackle to the lake. And I'm not going to build that. I don't need it, but it's entertaining to watch. You know, it's like with Jeff's video with the boat. 
he got this old boat and tearing it apart, stripping it apart and pulled all the foam out from underneath the floor. It's waterlogged, with, you know, several hundred pounds of water. You know, it's cool to see that. And then what he puts together and makes, you know, that's the way you can take something like that. And you, and you got to do the same thing when it comes to catching fish too. Yeah, uh, He's you, entertaining you, while he's doing it. And you got to be the same way when yeah. you're fishing, right? Yeah. And that's something I strive to do more of and make that because it's hard in my opinion to make fishing interesting uh, as crazy as that sounds to keep people captivated and motivated by it. some people do it with their personality uh you got somebody like richard gene the fishing machine yes sir he's like your drunk uncle you know he's just you know he's country he's goofy he's real and you know he's somebody that you can sit there and listen to and feel comfortable with not everybody has that i don't have that so i have to you know do something different in that world but some people are just comfortable and they have that going for them and you know that's a that's a cool thing i think that's one of the things with keith's channel i think keith is very trustworthy lovable you just want to squeeze his little head and rub his little mohawk on top he's just a <laughs> he's a good guy he's a good guy in person for people that don't know him He's just as good in person as uh, as he comes across on there. He's not as goofy as he is in his videos. He's actually a little more serious. So. Keith, was real, Keith. Keith was real supportive of me when I first got it start got started. Him and Spencer both. So I owe them a, a lot. They kind of got me to get out of my shell. They're just like yeah. do it and quit bothering me. Is pretty yeah. much the the cliff notes on that. So uh, yeah. all right. So yeah, you're 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 guiding now. How do you like guiding? I love it. It's um, it's very rewarding. It's a very rewarding day on the water. If you catch fish and have a great day, it's like super rewarding. But just the fact of getting out there, it took a little while to get the right perspective on it. Because most people, and I hear this repeatedly from anybody I know that fishes a tournament, I just don't know how you go out there trying to catch, you know, big fish all the time. Well, I don't. For You know, you can't do that. It's great if you catch big fish, but... People who are guide, at least people I target that I want to fish with me. I don't sell this as a trophy guide service or we're catching trophy fish. I don't put stuff up that's just, you know, the highlight reel of the past, you know, the great fishing trips. I'm pretty much straight up about it. And, you know, it, you're going to go catch the same kind of fish I catch in my videos. If you're cool with that, great. If you want to go someplace that you're just going to catch a 50-pounder, I'll hook you up with somebody, Trey Thorpe, down there on the James River. You go fish with him. you got a lot better chance of doing that. We're going out. We're going fishing. We're going to have a good time. And the thing that a lot of people overlook is most of these people, a lot of them anyway, don't have a chance to get out and go fishing. A lot of them don't have a boat. A lot of them don't have the stuff to go fishing. Uh, they don't have the tackle. They don't have the right type. Maybe they got a boat. They don't have the right tackle. They watch some fishing videos. It's a lot harder when you're doing it than it looks in the video. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is a lot of these people just want to go out and, you know, get out on the water. And we forget about that, uh, doing what we do all the time. And it took me a little while to get a perspective on that. And once I did, you know, I just, I'm like, that's cool. We're going to, you know, if it's a good day, great. If it's a great day, even awesomer. Awesomer is a word. Look it up. Uh, so it's, uh, so I love doing I thought that. That was I just a Keithism. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the thing you got to be careful of me and some of my buddies that are guides around here, you know, we talk about it is, you know, you go out there and you catch 
I don't know, you catch a, you get, you know, first fish in a boat's 12, 14 pounds, you know, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. You know, you're like, you, you have to be careful not to go, or if, let's say it's just eight or 10 pounds. You know, you have to, you have to be careful not to downplay it because you don't know how many times uh, somebody's caught one of them fish and they're like, oh my God, I got to get a picture with, that's the biggest fish I've ever caught. And you're like, you know, don't downplay that. You know, that's a big, you know, that may be some, they may not fish. They may be from a place where uh, they just don't have fish that size. They're catching nothing but little channel cats. Yep. And uh, you got to keep that in perspective and, uh, uh, you know, realize that this is their experience, not yours. That's, not yours, exactly. That, yeah, I think it helps the, if you, I think it helps if you experience it too. Cause I remember, uh, I took a friend of mine out for a long time channel cat fishing before I took him flathead fishing and he got on a 14 pound flathead and he thought it was like the end of the world. He was yeah. so happy and excited. And, and that kind of made me take a step back. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And you just have to do that. And it's, it's, once you do that, you're, you're good. I've been, I have people ask all the time, what's your worst guide trip client? I've not really had any bad ones. Uh, the, the, probably the worst thing, I had a guy that was real quiet. He was Mr. Yes and No Answers. And mm -hmm. obviously, you can tell by how much I run my mouth. Uh, I don't run it this much on the boat. Usually, I get them to talk, but he didn't talk. So <laughs> I ended up having to do like a solo podcast out there or something. So. Kel, uh, Palmetto Cats, Kevin wants to know uh, if you thought your UniNot video would blow up like it did. Yeah, funny story on that. Uh, I created that video. We were going to the beach. I think it was last May, May, June, somewhere in there. And uh, we'd already had the place reserved. COVID had hit. And I was like, man, I need to do a video to put up before I go. And I was like, you know what? I'll do one on this uni knot. People ask about it. I said, there's a million videos out there on it. You know, there's tons of them. I said, it's a good knot, though. I can point people to it and put the thing up driving to the beach and i'm looking at my app on my phone and i was like oh. i said it's got a couple hundred views there in the first hour and uh which at that time was pretty good on my channel drive down the road i figured hey, i'll do okay get down the road and i don't know it was a couple hours later it's at a thousand and i think in the first day it had like ten thousand views which at the wow. time my channel had 24,000, 23,000 subscribers. And I was like, this one's going to do good. This one's going to do good. And never would have thought it would be one that would go like that. And it, it has. So, uh, it's one of those videos that has appeal outside of catfish. And that is one of them videos I need more of. And it's, I need to make that segue into that. And I think that's what helps a lot of fishing channels get to that next level. Not that you can't do it in the catfish niche, but uh, you look at Richard Gene, the fishing machine, good example, great fishing channel, great freshwater fishing channel. He fishes for a lot of different species and uh, a lot of different stuff in there. I think that helps with your reach. Uh, in addition to having a great charming personality like he has, um, you know, I think, you know, even catfish and carp, uh, you know, the yep. biggest, without a doubt, the biggest, fishing channel and the catfish niche that there is he branched out and added some other stuff added some lifestyle stuff so i think you have to do that at some point and that's one that you know there's people around the world watching that video that one when you look at the analytics on it uh it's a big I mean, a lot of my stuff is like 95 percent united states that one you know there's stuff all over the world watching that and uh 
So, yeah, didn't expect that one to happen. Pretty cool when it does happen. Yeah, Kevin mentioned he had 1.9 million views. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty cool. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Oh, he wants to – Jeremy Henge wants to know if – are you going to do a video of you using an 808 and a 33 rod and reel from Walmart? Yeah, I've got actually an 808 that one of my guide clients sent to me that is on the rod. I put it actually on an ugly stick, an old ugly stick catfish rod. And I shot, a cu- yep, I shot a couple of days with it, and then we really didn't catch anything decent on it. Then I got into guide trip back to back to back, and then there were specific fishing videos I needed, and I haven't put it back on the boat is the bottom line. But it's spooled up, uh, and... I'm probably going to put it after we get here into July and August. I'm going to go out if I have to fish with just one rod and that's it. I'm going to fish with it and I'm going to try to get some. I want something to tear it up. I mean, I, I want to see what it's made of. I may go out and I don't know, but take it somewhere. I may take it out to James River or somewhere and try to hook there it you go. and a whole that, bunch that of currents just so I can burn the thing up just to see but if i catch so a 60 pound fish on that thing i just i hope i hope i'm in on the sales of that reel going through the roof so. <laughs> get some of that royalty money it's hard to do <laughs> so you're you're doing your podcast also live on uh, or you're you're posting them on youtube yeah. as well as uh in podcast format i've been listening to your podcast probably since pretty darn close to the beginning um, I really enjoy it a lot. I, I, I tell, tell this to a lot of people. I'm more of a the the heady type of angler and such. So uh, tell us a little bit about how that's going. I know you had Lyle Stokes on there. That was a cool show. I even got a shout out from Lyle on that. So thank you, Lyle. Um, how how is that going for you? Um, are you doing it because you really like to? What's the reasoning and such? Yeah, um, I started to do. I, I started doing the podcast. Um, because there wasn't one anymore. Chad Ferguson used to do one. I used to listen to his. Mm-hmm. He quit doing it. And I listened to a lot of fishing podcasts, and a lot of them are saltwater. Uh, you know, you know, bass ones, a lot of them, freshwater. Yeah, I don't listen guys. to bass. Well, I listen to Mike Akinelli. He's got a good radio show. He's entertaining. Podcaster. Yeah. And, but, you know, the ones that were good were doing stuff that was kind of broad reaching in, in the people that they were in. It was, you know, good interviews and, but anyway, I was just doing something to get information out there. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't like what I was doing in the beginning. It's okay. It's, it's funny it's, you said that. Cause I really liked what you were doing in the beginning. Dieter. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good. And I'm still going to do them, but I wanted to do some of the interviews and, uh, uh, kind of the Joe Rogan kind of thing and mm-hmm. really peel the onion back and get into some, and I, I'll be honest with you, not everybody's going to be cut out for that. Okay. Not everybody's going to be a good subject for that. Uh, but that would only be because they're not willing to talk because I think everybody has a story, especially when it comes to fishing. And I think there's something interesting to get out of everybody. Um, Lyle, uh, he volunteered up to be my first skinny pig and I got him and he was, we went through, you know, kind of the paces on it and we got a good one with him. And when I went to the Catapalooza fishing expo a few weeks ago, uh, I convinced Caleb page from catch the fever to sit down with me. 
and uh got a good one with him uh we got done and uh i was like man that's exactly what i'm trying to do i said you said some things in there that were you don't even realize you said and you know he said like what and i said well i think two times you said i've never told anybody this before and i was like that's what i'm looking for is you know there's there's just a lot of kind of brushing across the surface with with stuff and i like getting a little bit deeper and uh i've got a couple more uh, i did one with uh uh, Melton Hill Bill, uh, big striper fisherman out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to do some more stuff with him later this year. He was a fun one to talk to. Uh, got one coming out uh, probably in two weeks, and it'll be the best one yet. So uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. It's it's the best one yet. You'll see some promotional stuff about it when it comes out. I, I, I think it's really phenomenal. The big thing is, I think these things. Uh, with the people I'm, I'm, I've talked to it, I think these podcasts endear you to them and their brands and who they yep. are. You know, uh, Billy's a guy, you know, Caleb, you know, owns a rod company. Uh, you know, I think it endears you to them and, and lets you know their story. And it kind of, you know, I got new respect for these guys after talking to them. And, uh, it's, uh, I think that's, that's what I want to do. I want to do more of those. I still do some, fishing stuff and some tackle stuff talking about that because i think people want to see that too but i enjoy the interviews and i decided to video them you've seen that Mm -hmm. um it's it's not a you ask why do i do it i don't do those for reviews they're not going to get big views they never will uh they're they're you know what i call they're tough to watch in that you really have to be into it they're they're not for the casual viewer they're not designed to get a lot of views um they're designed for somebody. I got a lot of people that don't know what a podcast is, don't know how to go download yep, it. I go uh, through that. Yep. And I said, you know what? I'm going to video these things just to, for the heck of it. The ones we did at, you know, Catapalooza were not as good as I want them, but they work. And I think for, you know, for most people, that's that's where it needs to be. Audio is good on them. That's the biggest thing. As long as you got some good, clean audio, people can listen to. And then I put those up too, also on the podcast channel. And obviously, all of that you can go to DeterMillHornFishing.com, and I got links to the podcast, YouTube channel, and everything else. So you can tell. And, and it's available. Is times. it available? Available on all the major <laughs> podcasting platforms. All the major, right? all the major platforms. I think it's on nine of them, if I if I remember right. So, uh, but so, I like the so podcast thing one. because. Go Same ahead. with this one, folks. If you're yep. watching on YouTube, you can download and subscribe so to both our podcasts. <laughs> yeah. The podcast stuff is uh it's an interesting world. It's like when Chad did his, his was before podcasts were kind of easy to listen to. Uh mm-hmm. you had to have some of y'all will remember the little iPod thingy that yep. was like you could get this podcast into, but it was just like a little block and there was no way to like nav. It was a pain to navigate. Uh, it was a pain to download. You know, now everything's automated. You hit subscribe and it downloads it to your phone. I got on a plane this morning. I pulled up what podcast I was going to listen to. It's much easier now. And it's been like this reincarnation of 
not only podcasting, but actually radio. Radio, I mean, it, absolutely. It's really anybody can have a radio show now. And today it was Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh, and you had these few big. Now everybody can have a show, and you get people like Joe Rogan who are coming out with these podcasts that are phenomenal. Uh, you know, getting interviews with people that you're just like, holy cow. And uh, so I think it's a cool format. It's different. I like dabbling in it. And I think. Uh, I think people, you know, there's going to be more and more. I'm just trying to cover both sides of the fence there with, you know, yep. those who are a little more technology advanced and those that have figured out how to get onto YouTube and click on something. So you got both of them. I get a lot of messages on, so how do I get it on podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I'll get it both ways. I'll be like, well, I'll listen to your podcast. I can listen to that driving, but I don't know about that video part or like, like I like the video part, but I don't know about that podcasting thing. So, you know, that's why I call it a video podcast. That's like it, it, it'll be every, it'll be every day pretty soon. We're, we're pretty oh, darn yeah. close, if not yet. The younger yeah. generation yeah. gets it, and we're, yeah. we're going to take people kicking and screaming into it. So, uh, yeah. good. Uh, you you didn't want to plug anything else, Dieter, before I let you go? I know you're a busy man. you got to work tomorrow. If not work, you got videos to make. I do. I do. i got a bunch of editing to do. No, I mean, my only place is go to my website. If you got any questions, want to reach out to me, wonder what the heck is all this different stuff I do, it's all on there. That's where all the answers are to everything. And it's DieterMillhornFishing.com. I've had that plastered in front of your screen here for there we go. the past hour. So that's good. I appreciate you having me on. This is... uh. This is fun. I love doing these things, and it's weird. People are like hesitant to ask for something, but I enjoy. Well, I was, doing you it. know, I was kind of waiting till I kind of had like half an idea of what to do before I started asking certain people, and you happen to be one of them. So, uh, um, uh, you know, Lyle's always been kind enough to be on my show. I was nervous to have him on the first time, but he kind of put me at ease. So I want to give him a lot of credit and a lot of credit. Lyle for was the, the first industry. one that gave me a shot when I started my channel. I don't know where he saw my stuff or heard my name but uh -huh. he hit me up about being on the show and I was like, holy cow. That was he loves video, his YouTube, man. And he yeah, loves his YouTube fish and he's everywhere. Good for him. Yeah, Someday I'll be able to do that. Well, actually I kind of do do that all the time. So, which is why I'm here. Yeah. Well, well, thank you again, everybody listening on the, on the podcast. This has been uh, the Catfish and Crappie podcast with my special guest, Dieter Melhorn. I want to thank everybody in chat for showing up. I want to thank my crew members. And I want to thank the people that gave Super Chats today. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. Until next week. Oh, and I apologize for no podcast last week. Uh, I had some, uh, I wasn't feeling well, so forgive me. Hopefully this will make up for it. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you for listening. God bless. Thank you, Dieter. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>